You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where we examine what is and isn't working in online marketing. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. I'm so excited for today's podcast. You guys are going to love it. It's about Pinterest marketing. I haven't had a Pinterest expert on the podcast before, and I finally have one, and she's so cool. Her name is Alyssa Meredith. You can find out more about her at alyssameredith.com. But she tells us in today's episode about Pinterest, who should be on Pinterest, how to maximize Pinterest, mistakes you're making on Pinterest, 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 Pinterest. How many times can I say it in this intro? It's so cool. She's so awesome. She's also a guest expert at Social Media Marketing World, so she's totally legit. So go to Social Media Marketing World and see her speak there about Pinterest as well. But today's episode is so cool. I think you guys are going to like it. But first... Have to talk about the click technique. So go visit us at theclicktechnique.com. It's basically a place where you can go and find my super secret formula that I lead my clients at trafficandleads.com through in order to build a strong foundation for online marketing. If you go to theclicktechnique.com, I will tell you how to run your Facebook ad, how often to post content, what kind of content to post, how to build an irresistible offer, everything you need to know to have a strong foundation for online marketing. Go and join me today at theclicktechnique.com. Every letter of the word click stands for something really cool that you need to do for your online marketing. So what am I going to put today's Pinterest marketing under? Probably C for curiosity, which is the first C in the click technique. In order for anything to happen, you have to create really awesome content for people to be curious enough to come to your website where we can make some magic happen. So Pinterest is a really great way to make people curious enough to click through to your website. So in the click technique, Pinterest is under C for curiosity. One of the things that happens when you opt into the click technique is you are a member of a private Facebook group where my staff and I will help you with your online marketing needs. We're out there monitoring the Facebook group and are able to answer your online marketing questions. One of the questions that was asked was, one click, what is a good landing page conversion rate? Well, friends, that's a loaded question because it really depends on your offer. It depends on the kind of traffic you're sending there. It depends on who, if it's like B2B or B2C, there's a lot of different considerations. But today I'll just give you some general answers because I always, always hate the answer. It depends because it seems like such a cop out. So I would say your landing page is doing badly or poorly. Badly is a not a very positive word. Let's go with poorly. Poorly, anything below 10%. Okay? Like uh, things are like if less than 10% of the people that are coming to your landing page are converting, opting in, doing anything, then your landing page needs some serious work. Between 10 and 20%, I'm going to give you a meh. It's all right. It's not anything to write home about, but it's okay. You have some work to do. Maybe your offer totally stinks and you need to upgrade it. Maybe you don't, maybe you need to throw some testimonials or do some other really cool things on there. Something's got to happen. I'm going to give it a may. For those that are getting a conversion rate between 20 and 30%, I'm going to go ahead and say you're doing pretty well. Chances are if you're doing your own landing pages and you've done a couple of different revisions, hopefully you're getting 20 to 30% and you should be okay with that and happy with it. If you're getting over 30%, my guess is you're probably an agency 
or the traffic and because you're doing this a lot and practicing a lot like us we always try to go over 30 percent but that or the traffic that you're sending is from your email list who is highly highly engaged with you and super warm then you can definitely get over a 30 percent rate these numbers are generally for cold traffic that you're just sending to an offer maybe it's the first time they've seen you and stuff like that so always reach for over 30 percent if you're below 10 percent scrape it start over peeps So there you go. There's your answer. And again, remember, it depends. It depends on so many different things. But in general, give yourself a pat on your back if you're going over 20%. And again, out on the Click Technique group, you can actually post your landing page in there and we'll help you. We'll review it for you. We'll tell you what we think is going wrong and right with it. So make sure you go and join us at theclicktechnique.com. And now on to my awesome interview with Alyssa Meredith about Pinterest marketing. Lisa, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. We're really excited to talk about Pinterest today. Thank you. I am super excited. You you just told me that this is the first time you've talked about Pinterest on your show. So I am Yeah, thrilled. I know. Can you believe it? I just can't no. believe it. We've talked about Instagram. We've talked about Facebook, of course, and LinkedIn, all these. But Pinterest is definitely one of those excellent ways to generate traffic and leads that I don't mm-hmm. think, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of mystery around it, whether there it is. works, whether it's yeah. a waste of time, whether it's just for mommies or, you know, all <laughs> yes. those weird things that dresses. I probably just insulted you by saying. So. <laughs> no, no, I've heard it all before, so no worries. <laughs> well, let's just start at the beginning. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into Pinterest, maybe your success with Pinterest and what you do like to make money. <laughs> sure. Great question. So I am now the content marketing manager at Tailwind. Uh, and that is a company that cre- that created software for scheduling and analyzing your Pinterest and Instagram accounts. Um, but that is just since May. And so prior to that, I was in content marketing myself with my own clients and did a lot with Pinterest, just starting from curiosity and then figuring out how well it could work for my clients. So um, I do still have a a small agency that handles Pinterest promoted pins mainly. But yeah, I'm having a great time with Tailwind. I've known them for years. So when this position became available, it was just kind of a natural fit. I love it. Awesome. So when you say Pinterest... Yeah, we're going to do lots of tongue ties today. Pinterest promoted (laughs) pins. Yeah, Yeah. I pulled it off. When you say that, you mean basically the paid ads network of Pinterest, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And specifically for for the people I work with and what I do with with Tailwind for for Tailwind advertising, and that's the self-serve platform. So if you have a gazillion dollars to spend on ads, there are other agencies that will do that for you. But I deal mainly with what everyone can do. Awesome. That makes sense. So My experience with that is it's fairly inexpensive to run ads on Pinterest. Would you uh, compare it to other platforms? Are you, are you, can you speak about that? Would you agree? Sure. Absolutely. I would agree. Um, I I think that they've gone up in price as people have figured out that they're worth using. Uh, But you know, that's going to happen, but they're still quite reasonable and in a lot of cases, not every case, but a lot of cases, they are so much cheaper than Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth a try. My other experience leads me to believe, because I'm a huge into Facebook marketing, we do some Pinterest marketing for clients of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, the interface is not quite as advanced as Facebook, but they are constantly, they're, they're trying to keep up and they're making some changes for analytics and targeting and stuff like that. Can yeah. you speak about that a bit? 
Sure. Yeah. So um, when I worked with people who are accustomed to doing Facebook ads, they'll say, okay, on my Pinterest ads, I want to target people who like this account and who are this age. And and I, I have to kind of, okay, let's back up because um, Pinterest advertising is fairly new. So mm-hmm. like you said, there aren't quite as many targeting options. That said, there are still some really great ones. So um, one of my favorite things to do is to target your own audience. So to target your own email list or people who have engaged with pins that go to your site, uh, people who have been to your website, you know, that's where a lot of the power can come from too. Yeah, that makes sense. So similar to Facebook, can you, you can upload your own email list to Pinterest and, okay, and advertise your pins that way. Can you create lookalike audiences out there? I haven't been Um, out there for probably a month. So yes, there are, Called act alike on Pinterest because with Ooh. Facebook their lookalikes are more based on demographics, and on Pinterest it's more based on activity. So cool, and you yeah. find that those work really well. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you were to look at the same ad and you were to run it maybe as a keyword ad, and then run it as um, an owned audience ad, and then run it as an act alike, you'd probably let's say that let's say you had a point two percent conversion on your on your keyword ad, that's that's good. Um, the same ad running to your own audience is, is more likely to be 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0.6%, and then Actalike will be somewhere in the middle. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And the thing about Actalikes is, you know, with your own audiences, a lot of people tend to be pretty small, which which Pinterest defines a small audience as under 100,000. So that's like, you know, most of us. Right. <laughs> most right. of us mortals. So most of us you, mortals don't have an email list of 100,000. Yeah. Right. Or And then you have to figure that those have to be matched to Pinterest users. So it, it ends up being smaller. Um, but the nice thing about the Actalikes is if you find one of your audiences that works really well, you can start to scale that advertising effort by using an Actalike. So cool. So yeah. cool. Let's talk, let's let's address the elephant in the room right now. Who is on <laughs> who is on Pinterest and like do I have to be selling like women's clothing or mm-hmm. wedding gowns or cool things about kids to be successful on Pinterest? Yeah. Well, you know, in this country, in the United States, it is still mainly women, it's talking 75 to 80% women. But that's not the case worldwide. I think in the UK it's more like 50/50. So Wow. I know it's it's a very marked change, very marked difference. But um, that said, something like forty percent of the new signups in the U.S. are men, so they are starting to get on board with Pinterest. So while yeah, there are more women in the U.S. to market to on Pinterest, it's definitely something I would try for men, depending on your business. And like you said, yeah, uh, weddings do great, travel, food, um, retail does really well, uh, mom blog type things and lifestyle and education, all those do really, really well. But you'll also see a lot of marketers using Pinterest and finding that it works well to generate traffic for that as well. Awesome. Can you give us an example of like maybe a marketer or someone not not in those like women, you know, us being super stereotypical using Pinterest and driving traffic? And and were they trying to build an email list? Were they doing a giveaway? Were they just trying to generate traffic? What what, what did that look like? Can you give us an example at all? Yeah. So my own site, alisameredith.com, that's where I, I pretty much blog just about promoted pins there. My number two social traffic driver to that that blog is Pinterest. And I'm not using promoted pins for my own blog because it's you know, it's just my own blog. So it works for me. 
And that's a very niche little marketing blog, and and it's working for me. Um, The first client I ever worked with on Pinterest was a nutritionist. And I had so much fun creating content for him and putting it on Pinterest. And I I had no idea if it was going to work. And then he wanted to start generating leads from it. I had no idea if that was going to work. And oh my goodness, I I can still see his Google Analytics. Um, He hasn't pinned in a couple of years. But he still gets more traffic from Pinterest than from every other source combined. Wow. So I know. It's it's unbelievable. I, I wonder if he ever looks at that. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> uh, because it's it's not your typical Pinteresty subject. I, I think to be fair, you know, we started to look at what was working on Pinterest and that started to influence our content marketing strategy, uh-huh. which is a, a very powerful way to do it, uh, you know, to look at what your most popular pins are, look at what other people's most popular pins are, and then start to create content around that, then you can start to get huge amounts of traffic. Wow, that's cool. So when he was advertising for customers, was he trying to drive people back to a site and that's where he would be like, you know, let's schedule a free console or what did the like the image look like for something yeah. like that? So we would monthly create a new content offer. Um, the one I always think of is a, a smoothie recipes. And this was a couple years back. Um, it was basically a free ebook for a bunch of smoothie recipes. And so they were beautiful pins. We had one for the whole book and they would have several different ones for individual recipes just to get more eyeballs to that landing page. Mm-hmm. And he got a ton of leads from that. Again, more leads from Pinterest than from everything else put together. That makes sense. And when we say leads, you mean like opt-ins for that free mm-hmm. ebook and then he would nurture them through an email sequence? Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Um, are a lot of people doing free, you know, the the freebies that Irresistible offers out on Pinterest? Do you see those out there a lot? I do. Um, and in fact, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing other people are, are seeing as well is that a lot of times it converts better if you lead people from Pinterest to a blog post that then has a really strong call to action to access mm-hmm. that lead magnet in the mm-hmm. blog post. I think Pinterest users like a softer sell. Yeah, that makes sense because they're yeah they're out there to not be sold to. I, <laughs> right. I suppose everyone is, but yeah. <laughs> Pinterest especially because you're just looking at pictures and cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, let's talk about Instagram. So I okay. I feel personally that like Pinterest was super hot and sexy and then Instagram like kind of came along and stole its thunder a little bit because it also was such a visual medium and like people kind of were torn between the two. Would you agree or disagree with such a stance? Mm, I'm not sure I saw that direct of a connection. Um, But I will say that I see people struggle with Pinterest or Instagram, which one should I use, and not really grasp the the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage people to do both. And, and especially if someone has a client and they're considering one or the other, I say, oh, definitely do both. Because with Instagram, you're going to get that instant gratification of the engagement and the followers growing like crazy. And you just get that feel good feeling every time you post something. With Pinterest, you're going to get crickets for a while. <laughs> it takes yeah. months, really. As to with start. all things online marketing, yes. Yeah, but I mean, Instagram really does give you something to hold on to at first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to get traffic from Instagram in a lot of cases, and it's easier on Pinterest. It just takes a while to ramp up. 
And yeah, that makes the, sense. Yeah, and the what, content you would put on one is totally different from the other. Well, I'm going to make you just I'm going to make you describe that. The first thing I want to okay. ask you though is what's yeah. the di- what would you say the difference is between Pinterest and Instagram? Uh, Instagram is a social media platform. Pinterest is not. It's a dis- it's a visual discovery engine. And the way people use them are completely different. So mm-hmm. Instagram is really used to kind of present your best self, right? So everything's kind of filtered and airbrushed and staged and perfect, which has its place. But on Pinterest, people are going there. It's more of a solitary activity. And mm-hmm. what they're looking to do on Pinterest is to be inspired to create that best life as opposed to trying to curate a bunch of content that makes them look better. Wow. So it appeals a little bit to a different kind of person. It's definitely a different mindset, which I think is a challenge for people who are trying to use both for marketing to realize Instagram is a place to share about yourself. Uh, and if you're a business, to share about your products and to share your processes and your staff and events that go on. Pinterest is not like that at all. Pinterest needs to be there for the inspiration and to be helpful to others. That makes sense. So that nicely folds into my next question, which is, can you be a little bit more specific about the difference in the content that you would post to the to both platforms? Yeah. So I suggest if you're going to get into Pinterest marketing, that you start using it yourself personally to see how you act on Pinterest. And probably what you're going to find is you are going to locate the interests that you really care about. So if you care about Uh, clean eating. You're going to have a board for clean eating and look at what kind of pins you're saving. It's going to be recipe pins probably or how to, right? Tips like that. So you're going to help people to curate that content that will fill up boards like that. Think about what it is that your business does that will inspire people or make their lives better. Then that's the kind of content you're going to share. So hopefully you're creating content like that, but you're also going to share content from other people. Whereas on Instagram, it's it's just a very different thing, right? So you're doing it, um, the image needs to be pretty much perfect. You have to have an engaging caption and you're really looking to interact with people on Instagram where on Pinterest, you're, it's just not. You're there for yourself, right? And on mm-hmm. Instagram, you're there for other people. That makes sense. I love that. I love it. So I want to go and I want to talk a little bit more about this promoted pins. So sometimes with Facebook ads, I don't recommend a lot of people kind of diving in and spending a lot on them because it proves to be kind of a waste because there's a lot there's a lot of nuances to it and you can easily spend a lot of money and not get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Would you say that are there any gotchas when you're going in to try Pinterest advertising? Would you say that you need a professional to help you with that? Would you say to spend a few bucks and you can get some money, you know, you can get some return on that? What's your general feeling on that? Yeah, so it's definitely something you could try for yourself. Um just a couple of things to keep you out of trouble. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, you're welcome. I, I really only, for, for most people, and we're talking small, medium-sized businesses who are interested in getting traffic and leads to their site, which, you know, that's your audience, um, I would recommend only using traffic campaigns. So you could do campaigns where you're looking for awareness and you're going to pay for impressions. You could do where you're looking for engagement and you're going to pay for um, your saves and clicks and 
things like that. You could do a video ad, but again, you're paying for impressions. So if you do traffic, you're only going to pay when people go from your ad to your website. Any other activity that takes place is free to you and, and just helps your pin to get out there more. So you're literally just paying for website traffic. Yeah, exactly. And the second thing I would say is uh, when Pinterest tells you that their suggested bid on a pin is $4.65 a click, don't freak out (laughs) Uh because you can still get activity on that pin if you bid a lot lower. So like, let's say it was saying $4.65, what what would you usually go and put in? I would put in what it's worth to me. You know, if if I feel like, I absolutely would would not pay more than 25 cents a click for that, then that's what I put in. So you're saying their suggested bids are a little inflated? I don't know if they're inflated or not. Um, I'm sure if you were willing to pay that much, you would get a ton of impressions, but you don't need to to get results. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, I frankly, I have never paid what they suggest, so I can't tell you how awesome the results would be because no one I know can afford that. Yeah, yeah. Any other gotchas when it comes to Pinterest marketing that you can share with us? Uh, For promoted pins? Yeah. Well, those are the biggest. Um, But then you can also set a daily spend limit, which I highly recommend you do. So that Um, you don't lose control over your marketing. (laughs) Yes, it can happen very quickly. So make sure you find that and set it before you go testing uh, advertising on Pinterest. Right. It is a pretty easy step-by-step that you, you can't really miss that. Uh, as long as you're paying attention. Um, but I think, I'm trying to think, what is the other? You're probably going to want to create different ad groups because all your targeting is set up in an ad group. So even if you just have one pin, one article, you probably want several ad groups. I, I would never put less than $5 a day on an ad group because you just, it's going to be so hard to tell what's working. So if you're, you know, if you're inclined to promote 10 different pins with 10 different ad groups each, that's a hundred different ad groups. So you want to have $500 a day for that, which basically translates to start really small mm-hmm. <laughs> and put, put more money towards each ad group so that you can tell what's working before you start branching out. Cause it can be a little overwhelming if you start with too many at first. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes really a lot of sense. Uh, let's talk a little bit more before I let you go a little bit more about the content that you promote on Pinterest. So Obviously, it's a very visual platform. So do you have any uh, tips and tricks on the best kind of images that you need to be posting? In general, and this applies for promoted pins as well, the images that do better are the ones that are taller than they are wide. So a good ratio is like 735 to 1102. And sometimes I'll create pins in Canva and that's, they have that size right in there. So it's easy, but that way it takes up more room in the home feed or wherever they're looking right with that longer pin. You can go longer than that as well. Use text on your image, especially if what you're picturing isn't exactly easy to figure out. So Mm. for you, you and me, we might have some marketing material. And if, if we post just a picture of a lady typing on her computer, People have no idea what that is unless they read the description, which there's no guarantee they're going to do that as they're scrolling through the feed. So put some text on your image, but make sure that it's legible even on mobile because most of the Pinterest traffic and activity takes place on mobile. 
As far as like if I'm an e-commerce store, mm-hmm. do you think that I would have the best – should I just post my products out there or do I need to do something special with that? Would those convert if I just like literally just put like my favorite shirt out there or something? It might, but lifestyle images convert much better to sales. So if you could have a beautiful lifestyle image, someone wearing your favorite shirt, mm. that would be good to promote. And you could um, also well, throw that over on Pinterest or on Instagram too while you're at yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because faces on Instagram do great. Faces on Pinterest do not. So if you look at fashion photos on Pinterest, a lot of times the person is cut off at about chin level. <laughs> you oh, can't see their right. face. Good and to that's, know. that's why. Um, also on Instagram, Instagram likes the, the cooler colors, blues and greens. And on Pinterest, generally speaking, the warmer colors do well. So your reds and oranges. And then If you're going to do that favorite shirt lifestyle image, what you could also do, you could pin them both separately, the product and the lifestyle, but then you can also create a collage that would have the lifestyle image, then maybe text in the middle, and then the items below. And part of the reason for having all of that would be Pinterest visual search as well. So if somebody uses, what is it, shop the look? No, that's a different kind of promoted pin. But anyway, if you're using lens, like you're out on the street and you see somebody wearing the boots you want, you can take a little picture of that and have Pinterest find them for you on Pinterest. So, Oh, really? Yeah. So if you want your boots to show up in that search, you need to make sure that you have a lifestyle image and a product image because obviously the product image is easier to search for Pinterest visual search, but the lifestyle image is what's going to appeal to the human. So right. if you can have both on the pin, that's kind of ideal. Right. Hmm. That was something I did not know about Pinterest. So that is a super cool feature. I did not know. That's awesome. Yeah. And you you want to use rich pins too, especially if you have products. But I I like to use them for articles as well because it pulls in the metadata from your website. So it will actually pull in the price on your product in the description. And I'm sure you've, you've seen some weird descriptions on Pinterest where people have changed the original description to just a dot or some nonsense letters. But if you have rich pins enabled, that data from your website stays with that pin forever. Awesome. So yeah, Yeah. so that's definitely something people should do with an e-commerce store. Absolutely. Or even for bloggers. Yeah. Awesome. Um, What about the the old promote button? Should I push that? goodness no <laughs> oh gosh she's insulted she's leaving <laughs> well you know I probably should have said that was one of those other things that that could really get you in trouble it's kind of like the the Pinterest what is I mean the Facebook boost button yeah yeah only um the Pinterest promote button tends to cost you more money so the the default budget per day is really high um, and there are very few targeting options. So yeah, it can take it takes nine seconds to to do it, but you're not going to get the options that you really need to make it work well. So you're saying hands off that that's my suggestion. She's too yeah. nice to yell at you guys, so I will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I do want to. You have uh, some really cool giveaways on your website. So you have like promoted pin cheat sheet, the ultimate plan for Pinterest marketing success. And I want you to tell us a little bit about those. But first, I do want to talk a little bit about your gig at Social Media Marketing World. I'm guessing you're going to be talking about Pinterest. I am going to be talking about Pinterest promoted pins again. Yeah. And I'm so excited. That's awesome. Is this your, so it sounds like you've been to Social Media Marketing World before. Yes. This will be my fourth year there and my second year speaking. 
Wow, congratulations. Thank you. That's I'm very awesome. excited. So you're the resident Pinterest expert at Social Media Marketing World. Well, you know, there are other Pinterest experts at Social Media Marketing World. Um, Jeff C. will be there and Kate All, and they're awesome. But I do tend to get called to do promoted pins, and, and that's their fault, really, because they, they needed someone to do it a couple of years ago on their online summit. And I said, sure, I can do that. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that yeah. so much. Me too. It's been a it's been a great little niche for me and I just happen to really love the combination of the creative and artistic element of it, but also with that analytical side where you have to really figure out how to prove the ROI, which is not exactly easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've taken all of your time today. Before I go, I'm going to turn the time over to you. Tell us about your freebies on your website that we can go download and anything else you want the audience to know. Okay, sure. So um, on alisameredith.com, I have a Pinterest promoted pins checklist, which if you've never run a promoted pin, it really walks you through the whole thing from setup to starting your first pin. So I would highly recommend that. And then over at blog.tailwindapp.com, there are a ton of great resources over there. If you like Instagram, there is a brand new Jumpstart Challenge, which is a 30-day Instagram challenge that we just started it was yesterday, the day before, um, and we had one that was kind of kind of a trial run, you could say, a, a few months ago, and the people who completed it had amazing results, so you might check that out as well. So awesome. Well, thank you again for being a guest on the show. Thanks, Lindsay. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, there you have it. I told you it was a really cool episode. I'm glad you stayed till the end. Alyssa is so cool. Again, go see her at Social Media Marketing World. Super awesome. Thank you again, Alyssa, for reaching out on social media and connecting with me so I was able to have you on the podcast. Wonderful and awesome. Make sure you sign up for theclicktechnique.com. Uh, where I walk you through the way to have a strong foundation for all of your online marketing. It's what you need to do in order to be successful with launches and selling your product and, and getting people to respond and keeping your customers close. The click technique is the answer. So go and check us out there. And finally, friends, if you like this episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast, please go and leave us a review on Facebook or Stitcher or iTunes or really anywhere else. I have the podcast out on so many different places, but I like those three. Um, or if you're, you know, if you don't want to leave me a review because you're being lazy, right, then you can at least share it with a friend. So please do that. And we will see you next week with another awesome interview. This is One Click Lindsay with TrafficAndLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Mm-hmm.